welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of Halitech Hall. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we are, of course, joined by Mr. Michael Halitech. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Double A. And uh, I wanted to give you a special shout out today. Uh, Aaron is a little bit under the weather, so Aaron, thank you so much for. Uh, let's uh, see if we can't get this episode done today. Yeah, sure, no problem. I'm uh, on the mend. I uh, got some antibiotics in the system, and uh, it's a good part about podcasting is you can work from home. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the health plan's not so great, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, the hours work pretty good. So uh, we're going to jump right into it, and uh, this one's going to be uh, uh, pretty heavy on, on uh, the old Halitech talk, uh, as my voice is not the greatest right now. So the first thing we're going to talk about, obviously, is uh, our impressions from the first preseason game uh, that uh, happened last Thursday at Soldier Field. The, the Bears took on the Carolina Panthers. They ended up losing the game 23-13. to 13. Uh, One of the things that, that stood out to me was why was Trubisky even in the game? He, he came in for one series. He handed the ball off to Mike Davis, I think, all three times, and it was a three and out. They punted, and, and he was out. So I, I just don't even know why he was on the field to begin with. Uh, what was your take on that, Aaron? Uh, well, Nagy explained it. He said that he wanted him to go through the entire pregame uh, sort of ritual, um, you know, especially because – uh, it being a night game and whatnot, you know, in the first game of the season being a night game, he said that for, you know, um, a lot of guys, he thought it was important to go through the whole warm-ups and, um, you know, kind of running on the field and, and the, you know, the, 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 the excitement, the adrenaline and all that stuff. Um, I, I'm not sure if, I mean, I think the plan was probably for him to hand off anyway, but then when they got backed up like that in their end, I think that it was even more so that, you know, he was just going to hand off. Um, and so I think that was the purpose of it. So, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that necessarily. Uh, I think it's a good idea to 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 do that and, and maybe, you know, get that down and, and get those nerves out of the way because the nerves are obviously going to be – are going to be real high on September 5th. So that was the reason that he said. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, quite frankly, didn't catch that from, from Nagy this past week. Um, I guess the only thing that I would, I would rebut to that is if that was the case, why did they defer, put the defense out there first, which ended up, you know, that punt return ended up backing them up inside their own 10-yard line. So... Why not start fresh with the first series of downs at the 25? But, uh, you know, it is what it is. I probably, we probably won't see Trubisky out on the field anymore during the preseason. If we do, I think it'll be a surprise to everybody based on what, what Nagy is doing nowadays. Um, there's two guys I wanted to, one good and one bad that I wanted to talk about in this segment, and the first one, unfortunately, was was not a bright spot in the game at all, and, and that was the, the play of inside linebacker uh, Kwiatkowski. He just absolutely looked lost in pass coverage. He got burned several times, and it was, uh, it was quite frankly, a disappointment to see how he had, I think, since I guess the theme around the defense, uh, when we'll, we'll talk about later, uh, with some of these uh, national writers is regression, but I guess regression is, is what I'm seeing from Kwiatkowski because he just didn't look the part at all that he looked like he was last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kwiatkowski, honestly, he's a serviceable backup. He's a decent special teamer. Um, you, you can't get him in any kind of coverage. He he got torched in the game, the first game of the season last year um, against the Packers, and that was part of the reason why the Bears uh, did so poorly in the second half. Um, you know, I, I don't. I wish they had just let Roquan play. I mean, I know he had missed all of camp, but you know, I mean, the kid gets in the game one one time and gets a sack. 
and then they don't play him barely anymore after that. Um, you know, I, and I think that's a good example of a way that I think Pagano is going to be in a lot of ways different and better possibly even than Fangio because Fangio just had this kind of old school mentality, you know, of, well, you know, this is my, these are my guys, this is my base defense. And they kind of just, you know, they were very, you know, they were going to run what they were going to run and, and, uh, you know, kind of play it safe a lot. And, and, you know, I think, um, I think there were times where that didn't always work, where we needed the defense to be more aggressive. And I think if Bagano had been the defensive coordinator last year, he would have seen very quickly that Roquan Smith is the better player. I don't care whether he had camp or held out or not. He's a better player than Kwiatkowski, and he would have been out there, um, you know, and who knows what, what we'd be talking about, you know, after you know the the momentum of that game and whatnot, but I, I don't know. I, I think Kwiatkowski's on the block. It's getting cut, although they don't really have a ton of you know <laughs> depth in that department. Josh Woods has been playing pretty well, um, but EA Bunyue didn't looked very bad in that game too. Um, and so it, it that that position is uh, depth wise is kind of called into question. I don't think Isaiah Irving's anything special so you know Kwiatkowski is steady they know what he is he's you know he's he's healthy um you know but I still look at him as being on the bubble unless he you know picks something picks up a little bit in these other preseason games which I'm sure he's going to see action in I'm I'm sure you're right I, I actually thought that Isaiah Irving played actually pretty well in that game when he came in and instead of Kwiatkowski, but uh, you're definitely right. It's going to be interesting to see how these linebackers uh, fare in the last three preseason games. The biggest bright spot of the night, of course, was uh, Mr. Montgomery. Uh, the guy was just a stud uh, everywhere. I looked in on bears, Twitter and in uh, reports around the league, they were rating this guy just off the charts with an A, with an A+. Plus. He only touched the ball six times, but those six times he averaged more than seven yards per touch. Uh, his touchdown run from the seven-yard line was a thing of beauty. So it was it was absolutely great to see this, this kid uh, come out and do exactly what he said he was going to do in the first preseason game. I don't think we'll see much of him anymore in the rest of the preseason, but uh, I think I think everybody's we're just salivating over what we're going to be able to see from him when the regular season starts against Green Bay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was he he jumped off the screen. I, I wasn't surprised um, by how good he looked. Um, you know, I'm glad he got those chances. Uh, I didn't really love seeing him in on special teams. Um, but, you know, that's that's it is what it is. Uh, Nagy made a comment. Well, I come from the Arena League and everybody plays and blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, well, you know, this kid's special. We need to, you know, let's keep him on the field. I mean, I, I don't, you know, our, our running back room would look a lot different if he was hurt um, doing something stupid like special teams. But, um, you know, I mean, the kid's exciting. You know, he's he's. He's going to be special. Um, you can just see it, you know, his vision, his his ability to make people miss, um, the way he can catch the ball, the way he can do things with it after he catches the ball. Uh, there's just no doubt that, you know, we what, we're, what we've been predicting with the three-headed monster of these uh, running backs is going to be special. And uh, I didn't think Mike Davis looked particularly great, uh, especially because – you know, he, he was out there with some of the starters, but um, that's all right. I mean, I think he's going to be fine, um, you know, uh, but, I you know, yeah, Montgomery, uh, definitely exciting. I think everybody needs to pump the brakes a little bit on the comparisons to, to Peyton and to Barry Sanders and to Saquon Barkley, and it's not really fair to the kid to, to, to compare him to, to Hall of Famers and, you know, people that have already – been in the league and won the rookie of the year and, and things like that. 
um, you know, everybody should relax a little bit before they start fitting him for a gold jacket off of you know, <laughs> some, some plays in the uh, preseason. But, um, you know, super exciting, obviously. And then the other thing, I put this out on Twitter that, you know, we don't need to diss Jordan Howard to celebrate David Montgomery. There were too many people I thought on Twitter, you know, basically, oh, Howard could never do this. Howard could never do that. It's like, listen, Howard was the only reason to watch the Bears for a couple of seasons there in 2015, 2016. So, you know, we don't need to to act like he spurned us or did us wrong or something like that. The guy was nothing but solid citizen, solid running back. You know, we wish him well. He just wasn't a fit anymore, and he was on a decline a little bit, and it was time to move on. But you don't need to, you know, Bears fans need to relax a little bit with the, you know, well, Howard could never catch that pass. Howard could never make that cut. So what? Like, it doesn't matter. He's gone, and and Montgomery's here now. Excellent point. You know, when when Jordan Howard first came to the Bears a few years ago out of Indiana as a late-round draft choice, he actually surprised me in that his running style was somewhat reminiscent to Peyton's in the fact that Walter never bent his, his legs at a 90-degree angle. He always kept them a little bit flexed, uh, which helped reduce injury probabilities. And, and Jordan Howard had that similar running style. And I don't know if anybody picked that up on that. Uh, besides me and maybe a few others, but it was kind of interesting. And since we're talking about the narrative of Montgomery being the next Peyton or Sanders, the one touch that he had where he bounced the play out to the left, not the touchdown run, but a run earlier, and he did this stutter step. I don't know if you caught it because you were working or if you saw it later on tape delay, but that stutter step was eerily familiar. So I'm not saying, I'm just saying. But I think that uh, that this kid, Montgomery, is going to be a huge surprise for, for the Bears' running back room. Interestingly about running backs, uh, Good Morning America, I'm sorry, Good Morning Football uh, this morning put out a, a question on Twitter that what NFL team has the best running backs room, not running back, but running back room. And boy, their bear fans are just coming out in force talking about this, this running back group. And you've got a ton of running backs. You've got, of course, you've got run DMC with Cohen Montgomery and Davis. You've Harith White, who's a speedster. You've got Nall. And of course you've got the, the, uh, uh, the guy that the Heinz, Heinz 57 guy on the team by the name of Cordero Patterson. So you've got six guys there that can come into this this lineup at any time and perform at a high level. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly how this running back uh, room shakes out as we get towards the, uh, the end of the preseason. One thing that's worth noting when we're talking about the preseason, there is no early cut any longer. It used to be that the, the rosters would be cut from 90 to 70 after the third preseason game and then to the final 53 after the last preseason game and your roster cuts had to be done by, by Saturday um, at 3 o'clock. That's no longer the case. The Bears can keep all 90 players on their roster. And, of course, the roster is only at 89, which we'll get to in a minute. But they can keep all 89 players on the roster up until the game, uh, their last their last preseason game uh, that uh, comes up here in about three weeks. So interesting, interesting stuff and uh, great, great talk about, about our running backs. The one roster move that I just mentioned was an unexpected uh, cut of Bears wide receiver and rookie free agent uh, Emmanuel Hall. Uh, it was interesting to note that that right after the uh, press conference where Nagy said that we don't have any turds on this team, that Emmanuel Hall was let go, which kind of leads us to believe that there's something happened there because this guy was a, 
uh, highly recommended free agent. There was a lot of talk about him going into camp. And uh, all of a sudden, after one game, he got cut. And there's been some talk about some, some attitude problems with him. There's been some talk about his poor route running. Uh, I haven't seen it, but it's interesting that right after that press conference, they made the announcement that Emmanuel Hall got cut. What was your take on it, Aaron? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think that the other receivers – just out outperformed him. I mean, I didn't really read a ton of issues with him. The days that I was at camp, he was barely on the field. Um, I made a joke that, you know, it wasn't a good look for him that they gave him number six. Um, just because, I mean, you, you know, as a receiver, not only is that Cutler's number, but you, you end up with number six. I just feel like they're kind of sending you a message like, you got a long road to hoe here, kid, because – you know, nobody's getting, nobody's making this team with number six as a receiver. Uh, I mean, even Thomas Ives outdid him in practice, Tanner Gentry, um, you know, and he was hurt. I mean, there was, I thought that they might stash him on the IR, but again, that would be something that he would have to go for. So I kind of think they did him a favor, um, you know, cut him now and also, you know, give the, the other guys that have, have uh, been, you know, performing a chance to 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 get some more reps, and you know he he got picked up by the Bucks, so we'll see. I mean, he was he was um, thought of people thought he was going to get drafted, but I think his injury issues kept him from being drafted. And then it was you know people said it was sort of a coup that the Bears got him as a UDFA, but uh, you know availability is is the best ability, as they say, and. Uh, if you can't get on the field, then you can't make the team. And uh, as they, you know, as uh, Yurko always says, you can't make the team from the tub. So um, <laughs> it is what it is. I, I don't think it's any big loss. Um, you know, the the Marvin Hall has been out playing him. Um, like I said, even Thomas Ives has been out playing him. So on to the next. I don't think it's any big any big loss. Absolutely. Take a listen everybody to what we still have in the wide receiver room going into game two. Taylor Gabriel, Tanner Gentry, Marvin Hall, Thomas Ives, Anthony Miller, Taquan Mizell, Cordero Patterson, Riley Ridley, of course, Allen Robinson, Joe Walker, Jordan Williams Lambert, and last but not least, Javon Wims. So that room is still jam-packed with a lot of depth and a lot of quality. And, uh, you know, it looks, we still think, at least I do, and I think we talked about this last week, that there's probably going to be seven wide receivers uh, coming out of that group that will make the final roster. So interesting things happening. Speaking of interesting things, Aaron, the Bears did something I've never seen before, and they actually simulated a night game in their uh, last uh, their last uh, practice down at Hallis Hall last night, they they complete with running out of the tunnel, game music, piping in crowd noise, uh, doing the bear raid siren when the defense was on the field. Uh, they did it was scripted, so each the offense played the number ones played against the number twos, and the defense, of course, the ones played against the offense twos and they had a script of 10 plays. If there was a turnover during that, the defense had to go right back on the field. So just as if it was a regular game. So they tried to do some simulations to, to do some things that maybe won't come up during uh, a preseason game, like, uh, like, like uh, first and goal, uh, second and goal, third and goal, the goal line uh, units, special teams with field goals and kickoffs and onside kicks and everything else. And those, of course, are things you're not going to see during the preseason, at least some of those things. So it was, it was interesting to see the disappointing thing that came out of camp. There were, there were two things that happened yesterday. Number one, uh, Kyle Long uh, must have not been feeling well, and he got into it pretty good with a rookie and he ended up ripping the guy's helmet off, hit him a couple of times with the helmet, then whipped the helmet down the field. 
and promptly got ejected from the rest of practice. So that's a, a little bit uncharacteristic, especially for this team. But it's the second skirmish in, in as many days. I believe Monday they had a skirmish with Javon Wims against a, 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 a defensive back where they kind of shoved and got had to be broken up. But this came into full blows. So that was uh, disappointing to hear. And uh, even though it wasn't full contact practice, uh, Nagy referred to it as a thump practice. So they didn't go all out and tackle full time. Uh, Cody White here had uh, nicked up uh, one of his fingers. It was on his left hand. So um, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Afterwards, Nagy said it shouldn't be much of a problem or, or any issue at all. But uh, interesting things coming out of camp. Uh, I, I love this. Uh, I love this this uh, simulated night game since they're going to have several night games uh, during the regular season. It was great to see that they actually went full bore, brought in temporary lights for the practice field, and went through a ritual as if they were they were going to actually play a real game. I don't know if you had a chance since you worked uh, or you were you were incapacitated last night. And you haven't had much of a chance to get online the last two days, so I, I don't know if you heard much about that. But I, for one, thought it was uh, very eye-opening, uh, very very nice to see them doing a change of pace. Which anytime you change the the grind of, of workouts during the preseason, it's good to see. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, one of the uh, one thing that being sick won't ever stop me from doing is is getting online and uh, listening to ESPN radio. Um, so I definitely heard about it. Um, one thing I'll say, you know, is fights happen. I mean, the '85 team fought each other all the time, um, and and we know True that the uh, the 2006 team. There was no love lost between a ton of those guys. I mean, Olin Krutz, love Olin Krutz, but that dude was a bastard. I mean, he he was constantly getting in people's faces and and you know uh, you know being an enforcer and and I mean that was one of the things that um <clears throat> you know I think we talked about with Cedric Benson and you know and the clicks on that team and the you know different things like that. So. I, I don't think too much should be made of this. I mean, I think this team is more together and on the same page possibly than any Bears team ever. Um, you know, so – and as far as Kyle Long, I mean, I might be a, a, a homer or just a, just have blinders, but I, I don't care. I mean, this guy's this guy to me is just heart and soul Bears. And, I, I you know, you don't want that type of thing – going on per se, but sometimes guys got to let off steam and it's, you know, it's obviously not, you don't want to hurt somebody or, or that type of thing, but, but I'll back Kyle long 150% no matter what, um, unless he's doing something, you know, to one of our starters, if he wants to take out, take some steam out on a, on a rookie that, you know, is going to be on the street in two weeks. Like, I don't really care. I mean, these guys have been going at it now for three weeks playing, you know, against the best defense in the league. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there's some young punk trying to trying to do something to him. And, and uh, he, you know, he took it too far. He's a hothead. But, you know, he's got that toughness and that grit and that nasty that this team needs. And, you know, frankly, you know, when, when he wasn't on the field in, in different times throughout the last few years that we were missing. Um, so, you know, I, I take Kyle Long in my foxhole Anytime, um, you know, and as far as the whims and a Mukamara thing, it's like this stuff's going to happen. It's going to get chippy. You know, guys are going one on one with each other. And, you know, there's just I, 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 there's so much scrutiny right now on these practices. It's kind of out of control. Um, you know, they, they, they can't um, can't do anything, you know, can't can't take a crap without everybody knowing what color it is um, and writing an article about it. So. It's it's kind of out of control with that, you know. I mean, they've even talked about, you know, if the Bears eventually don't do practices, you know, don't do open training camps at Bourbonnais, um, you know, if the, because they have this this you know this amazing facility now at Hallis Hall, you know, what will that look like? And 
you know, that continue to to limit them. And I think some of the reason might be because, you know, it just gets to be a circus. I mean, the the, the media and Twitter and uh, we love it, but at the same time, it gets to be a little out of control. I mean, guys can't, you know, and we'll talk about this more later, but, you know, they can't even like try things at practice without, you know, articles being written about, you know, how people don't look good and, and this, that, and the other. And, you know, it's, uh, it's like that there needs to be some sanctity and privacy of for the team to to work stuff out, you know, and to and to to get to get better without having the analysis as if they're playing a game. Absolutely. So it, it's going to be interesting watching these next three weeks and to see how the position battles shake out to see what they do um, when we get to, back to the second half of our show. We're going to actually talk a little bit about the 1985 Bears Super Bowl year in the preseason that they had. And, and of course, many people will be shocked to hear exactly how bad the Bears looked in the preseason. But um, the next thing we're going to talk about is our sponsor, TickSplits.com, has given us two tickets for the Bears Detroit Lions game on November 10th. We have to get to 500 followers in order for those tickets to be awarded. So tell all your friends, retweet us often, tell your friends to listen to our podcast so they can now follow us on Twitter. We just hit 300, so when they have 200 more followers to go, and we will be awarding those tickets to just simply, we're going to pick one out of a hat, basically. We're going to go through the our Twitter follower list and, and pick a name, and then we'll contact you via Twitter and let you know that you have won the tickets. If you can't go, we'll pick somebody else, and we'll move on down the list until we find somebody who can go to that game. So just follow us on Twitter when we get to 500. As soon as we hit that 500 mark, we will be, uh, we will be announcing the winner for those tickets. Ticksplits.com has graciously given us a second pair of tickets to give away. And this is exclusively for our listeners on the podcast. This is uh, two tickets for the Bears-Vikings game, uh, which is week four. It's uh, September 29th. It's an afternoon game at Soldier Field. And this is all you have to do. All you have to do is email us at halitechhall at gmail.com. That's all you have to do. In the subject line, you're going to put Bears tickets. And then in the body of the email, all we need is your full, complete name and your Twitter handle if you're on Twitter. That's it. That is all you need to do. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to be announcing this all the way through the regular season, through the uh, second game, and right before the third game against Denver, uh, I'm sorry, right before the third game against Denver, we will announce the winners and send out an email to the, to the winner of the contest. Same rules apply. If you can't go, we're going to reach out to you first before we make the announcement live. Uh, we'll find a winner that can go to that game. So, so thank you, TickSplits.com, for giving us these tickets to uh, help push the, uh, the word about Halitech Hall. So we're going to be right back with the second half of our show after this word from our sponsor, TickSplits. I just heard my favorite band is in town. I'd love to get good seats, but everywhere I've looked, the ticket sites have crazy service fees. Haven't you heard of Tick Splits? Who? Tick Splits. They don't gouge you with crazy fees. The price they advertise is the price you pay, plus a small delivery fee. Never pay service fees again. Go to TIXBLITZ.com today. TickSplits.com. Guaranteed seats, low prices. That's TickSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Okay, thanks again from TickSplits, uh, our sponsor. We're proud to have them. Uh, of course, TickSplits.com. You can use the promo code TAILGATE to get 5% off your order. That's all caps, TAILGATE, T-A-I-L-G-A-T-E, TickSplits.com. Find them on Twitter, at TickSplits, uh, just like StubHub and uh, SeatGeek, but without any of the fees. 
Welcome back, Mr. Haltech. Thank you very much, Aaron. Uh, second half, we're going to talk a little Bears history, which we do on every segment of, uh, of our podcast. And we're going to go back to the 1985 year. That's, of course, everybody knows the 85, the greatest team ever to have a, the best season ever, I guess, is what they're now saying. Uh, but it didn't start that way. In fact, uh, the Bears played these teams in the preseason. The St. Louis Cardinals, the Indianapolis Colts, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Buffalo Bills. Now, in 1984, those teams combined for a 24 and 40 record. During the first three games of the preseason, the Bears didn't look anything like a Super Bowl team. They were outscored 49 to 29 by the by the Cardinals, Colts, and Cowboys. Uh, those two, those three teams, the Cardinals and the Colts, ended up the 85 season both at 5 and 11 records. The Cowboys were the best team that they faced in the preseason, finishing at 10 to 6. But the Bears demolished Dallas down in Dallas in in, in just an absolutely thrashing, and that game actually happened with Jim McMahon on the sidelines. And then the last game was uh, against Buffalo, and the Buffalo Bills were, they finished 2-14 in 1985. They actually finished 2-14 in 1984. So they, they didn't provide much competition at, at all, and the Bears just rolled right over them. 45-14 uh, to 14 is their, their precursor to the opening game against Tampa uh, in Chicago on week one. But the interesting thing about the 1985 Bears, and we've been talking about pushing the negative narrative about this Bears team with A, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, are we, we're all worried about whether or not he's going to make, take that next big step uh, in Matt Nagy's offense. And of course, we all know that he's going to. Uh, but the, the biggest other ne negative narrative that is still out there, and we'll talk about the dumbest article of the week here in just a minute, but uh, it's the defense regressing. And back in 1985, after the Buffalo Bills game, the Sun-Times had a, a beat reporter by the name of Ron Rappaport, and he wrote uh, an article after that game suggesting that missing Todd Bell. They talked about the game. He talked about the Buffalo Bills game, and he talked about a couple of, uh, of the two of the touchdowns that the, that the Buffalo Bills scored. And then he went into saying, where is Todd Bell? And then the rest of the article was all about Todd Bell and how his missing the season or the potential, of course, he did miss the entire season because he sat out looking for more money. That was going to be, quote, unquote, the downfall of the 1985 defense. Well, how did that work for, for everybody? Bears defense was just absolutely uh, amazing. Uh, they were invincible. They were incredible. They had one bad game all year, which was the game, the Monday night game down in Miami, which we'll talk about in a future episode as we go through the 85 season while we're mirroring this season during uh, Halitech Hall episodes. But it's, it's just uncanny the negative narrative that was being pushed, we didn't get the same national blowback because, quite frankly, Twitter didn't exist back then. The Internet was, was in its infancy, if at all, back in 1985. And, uh, but now you've got all these writers that are joining in the negative narrative, and the stupid article of the week award goes to Will Brinson, who has regenerated the garbage about with, with Pagano in, in instead of Fangio. And he said several defensive starters have left the team. That's Callahan and Adrian Amos. So, Mr. Brinson, you're, you're way off base when you, you said they're 
missing several starters. They're missing two. Uh, most most Bear coaches are speaking the positive about how they had rated HaHa Clinton Dix above Adrian Amos, and quite frankly, I for one, uh, and you can go back to my my tweets back when the when the draft took place, I was calling for the Bears to draft HaHa Clinton Dix. I was calling for him. I wanted. I was. I was so disappointed when Green Bay grabbed him instead of the Bears because I actually think the Bears were going to draft him with their next pick, but he went to the Packers right before the Bears selected. Callahan's been replaced by Buster Scrine. Buster Scrine uh, started off the camp a little shaky, but of course he's in a new defense and he's really picked it up. And in fact, he's been pointed out by Coach Nagy. Two out of the last three practices is is defensive backs that have really stood out during practice. So unfortunately, uh, this guy, uh, Brinson, if he would have just taken a little bit to study what's going on with practice, to see how this team, how this defense is flying all over the field, if he would have written an article that said, you know, yeah, did the Bears lose Fangio? Sure, they did. Did they lose Callahan? Of course they did. They, of course, lost Adrian Amos. But they signed Buster Scrine. They signed HaHa Clinton Dix for a lot less money than what it took for the Packers to sign Adrian Amos, by the way. So hats off to Ryan Pace for making a great selection and signing him to a, a one-year proven contract. They also brought in Pagano, who's more aggressive. And Aaron and I have talked about this over the last few episodes, that this team, we're going to see more blitzes from more angles, from more players, and it's going to be an exciting time. And here's the narrative that doesn't get talked about. With the Bears offense being better this year, and I have no doubt that the Bears offense is going to be better in 19 with the with the continued pro- progression. So let's talk about progression instead of instead of regression. The pro- the progress that Mitch Trubisky is going to make in year two, the additional tools that he has to work with, the weapons he has to work with, with Cordero Patterson and David Montgomery and Javon Wims blossoming in his second year as the team with the, the with the Riley Ridleys of the world that are going to make an impact on this roster going forward. The Bears offense is going to be better, which means to more scoring for the Bears offense, which means less time on the field for the Bears defense, which means if the Bears have leads, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Bears had to come from behind in just about every game last year, except for maybe the Jets game, and the uh, uh, Tampa game, they pretty much had to come from behind just about all year long. So their defense was was playing against offenses that were unpredictable. You didn't know if they were going to run or if they were going to pass. But if the Bears offense gives this team a two-score lead or better, it's lights out. The Bears are going to be just pinned back their ears pinned back, and they're going to be attacking that quarterback just unrelenting. And you're going to see probably better stats than you saw last year. Now, you might not see as many turnovers, but their turnover ratio per play might be the same. So what do you mean, Michael? Well, obviously, if the Bears are on the, the, the field, Bears defense is on the field, for fewer players, for fewer plays during the course of a game, they don't have as many opportunities for turnovers. So will their turnover total amount be less than what it was last year? Perhaps. But will they have better statistics? Most likely. So guys and ladies who follow our podcast, I am here to tell you that the narratives are wrong, and I will be more than happy to entertain any of these writers on our podcast who want to come in to explain why they're still pushing the negative narrative that Trubisky's not going to progress and the Bears' D 
defense is going to regress in 2019. Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think you said it all. Uh, this is very lazy lazy stuff um you know these national guys know exactly what to do they push the buttons of the of the uh big bears fan base and uh we all come marching out on twitter with our pitchforks and uh torches and um you know uh at least will brinson's hanging around unlike evan silva who basically blocked all of bears twitter um you know and at least will brinson wrote an article um you know, some of these guys, what they do is they just take an article, you know, written uh, by by uh, you know people who tend to be a bit of a wet blanket, like Dan Weeder, um, who wrote an article, you know, talking about the uneven camp of of uh, Mitch and how you know Nagy towards the end of it said, you know, well we're we're just you know it's time for us to to stop adding new things and pull back a little bit just like we do around this time of year and start dialing it in, you know, but he took that as, oh, Mitch is having an uneven camp. They're having to limit what they what they install for him, which is totally not what Nagy said. And, you know, they just basically cherry pick an article and use it as clickbait, you know, to, to make a headline or a narrative that says, you know, Mitch isn't looking good. Mitch isn't, you know, this, Mitch isn't that, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, that defense was so statistically ridiculous last year that, you know, yes, I mean, logic tells you there's going to be some regression, so to speak, um, in terms of, you know, uh, you know, some of these, uh, you know, new stats like DVOA and, and I mean, they got turnovers on some ridiculous, like 14% of, of, of drives uh, ended in turnovers last year. Um, against the Bears so sure you know like you said if the, if the offense is better and the defense is on the field less you know the chances are they're going to have less of those um, I just don't I just can't see this defense being worse I mean you re, you, you you replaced Callahan who was injured all the time with Buster Screen who was a starter and has been extremely healthy um, and who Nagy liked even, you know, since they played the Jets, Mark remarked about what kind of player he is. And then you take another starter um, in HaHa Clinton Dix and, and, you know, you put him on the field, not to mention the fact that Dion Bush has looked fantastic. Um, Dion Bush looked fantastic in that first preseason game. So, you know, it, there's not going to be any drop off talent wise, um, you know, in, in this defense and, and, you know, you've got ascending players all over the field, Bilal Nichols, Roquan Smith, Roy Robertson Harris. Um, you know, you got guys that, you know, like that that are continuing to to play at a high level. Amukamara's had one of his best camps ever. Um, so, I mean, statistically, could they regress, so to speak, a little bit? Yes. But um they're not going to be a worse defense. And, you know, I feel like that one of the ways that they are going to progress and one of the ways that they were very not good last year was fourth quarter defense. I mean, they were bad in the fourth quarter last year um, uh, on defense until later in the season. And, you know, they, they that's something I think that Bogano – um, you know, will when they have a lead, will be more prone to to go after the quarterback. Um, and you know, they might get beaten for a few more big plays because of the aggressive style, but they might make a few more big plays. So, I mean, it's just you know, there's so little to go after with this team. It's like that's all they've got is the defense can't possibly repeat, and Mitch, you know, Mitch has to get better. Yeah, no shit. Like we know Mitch has to get better. You know, I mean, and he knows he has to get better. Tariq Cohen was on um, some national shows talking about how they know that they need to play up to the level of the defense, that they let the defense carry them and needed the defense to carry them too much last season. Well, the running backs being better is going to be a huge part of that. I mean, you know, not having uh, uh, averaging like 3.5 yards a carry, not being able to get off the field on – you know, or to stay on the field on the third and three because you can't get a first down, you know, that kind of thing, you know, is going to be huge. So, I mean, these guys, man, they just do what they do. 
and it, it you know it gets us all fired up and then they sit back and they lick their chops and they just watch all the all the clicks roll in and the you know the all the extra uh, revenue that that generates for them absolutely last word on this on the the, the negative uh, narratives that are being pushed and I'm going to go back again to the 1985 Super Bowl team after the Super Bowl was over uh, before they even got to Chicago for the parade I think that buddy Ryan left the team and signed to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles and there was a boatload of negativity going, oh, my God, there goes the defense. So listen to this, followers. Statistically, the Bears' defense in 1986 was better in many categories than the 85 team. So think about that for a minute. The Bears' defense was statistically better in 1986 in several categories than even the 85 most dominant team in the history of the NFL was. So just, I'm telling you, book it. The Bears' defense is going to be as good, if not better, than what they were in 2018. That brings us to our last segment on this week's show, and that's this week's game, they're playing Friday against the New York Giants. It's a 6.30 p.m. start central time. Uh, it's on national television. It's, uh, it's being broadcast live on NFL Network. And I think we've got some players we need to watch going into this game. Uh, we're not going to see much of anything in the way of starters. I don't think we'll see Montgomery. I'd be surprised. If we see Allen Robinson out there, I know we're not going to see Anthony Miller, who's coming back from dinging up his ankle, but uh, reports are he's doing really well. He's already riding a bike. Uh, so all, all indications point to Anthony Miller being ready to go in week one. But uh, there's three places I want to focus on, at least my take, and then Aaron, I'll ask for yours. And the first one is, of course, running backs. I don't think we're going to see much of Cohen. I don't think we're going to see much from uh, Montgomery. But I think since Davis didn't have his best showing uh, at all uh, in week one, I think we're going to see him a little bit more in week two. And then um, it's going to be interesting to see Kareth White in, in Nall out there because I think we're going to see a lot of those two. Um, Carrot White's speed is something I'm intrigued about, and I just want to see him get around the corner and see what he can do against the uh, Giants defense. The second area uh, that I want to be watching for on uh, Friday night is the inside linebackers. We talked about that earlier. Uh, the inside linebackers, especially Kwiatkowski, to see how he responds to a subpar game uh, that he had last week and what that unit can do without the, without the starting four. And then last but not least, and I just touched base on it a little bit, and that, of course, is, is the wide receiver position. You've got a lot of guys that are on the bubble battling for that seventh spot. So, you know, <laughs> Tanner Gentry, I'm sure, remains the darling in a lot of minds in, in this Chicago because he came on and flashed a lot. Uh, when he was first with the Bears. Uh, but you've got this, this guy, Jordan Williams-Lambert. You've got Joe Walker. Uh, I think you might see some a little bit more from Riley Ridley because he's coming back from that hamstring but seems to be doing well now. Uh, Tyquan Mizell, uh, is he going to make the team as the seventh wide receiver because of his uh, production on special teams? And then you've got Thomas Ives and you've got Tanner Gentry. So I think you're going to see all of those guys on the field a lot Friday night. Aaron, what are your thoughts about what you want to watch on uh, tomorrow night? Yeah, I don't think we're going to see any more Montgomery. I don't think we're going to see Cohen. I think we might see a little bit of Davis, um, maybe. Uh, certainly Ryan Nall, certainly Kareth White. Um, I, I don't I don't think uh, – any of those guys, those bottom half receivers have a shot, to be honest. I think their receiver is, group is pretty much set, barring injury. 
you know, I think you're looking at, you know, obviously a Rob Miller, Gabriel, um, Wims, uh, Hall and Ridley, um, uh, Gentry, there's no shot. Gentry has no shot. Um, Ives, I mean, he's a, you know, he, he's going to be a practice squad guy. He might be the new Travis Gentry. Um, if Gentry doesn't end up on the practice squad again, uh, I, those other guys are just whatever. They're just camp bodies. Um, you know, <laughs> I'd like to see more out of the linebackers. I think Josh Woods needs to continue to, to build on what he started uh, last week. I think he looked really good. Um, secondary, um, you know, I'd like to see more out of uh, Franklin and uh, Clifton Duck. Maybe he can be a guy that sneaks onto this roster. Um Special teams looked really bad. Kick coverage looked really bad in the first game. I think it's to continue to take shape. It's not surprising for it to look bad. They don't practice much of it. Uh, in fact, I don't think I saw them practice it at all when I was there at camp. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it's dangerous to practice, so they don't practice kickoff coverage that much, um, which is funny. When I played high school football, which is only one year, but we used to practice that crap all the time, um, <laughs> and I was <laughs> – and I was always like, this is brutal. Um, just running down the field and crashing into each other. It felt like somebody got hurt every single time we did that. Um, but, you know, I think they're going to bubble wrap their starters, and as they should. Um, the, you know, you may see this again where, you know, uh, they they go through the whole ritual and you, you see the guys get on the field at the beginning, but it'll just be for, you know, a few plays um, you know, and then that'll be the end of that. Um, but you know, I, I think there's not going to really be a ton to look at on the tight end group. Obviously you want to see, um, Burton, I heard played in this, this scrimmage, uh, last night and, and looked pretty good. Um, although they're kind of limit, the bears sort of limit what the, the team, you know, what these reporters can talk about. Um, but, uh, he, he supposedly played and looked good. Uh, look like he's headed back. Um, you know, Shaheen needs to show me something. Uh, I think bunting uh, is worth watching because he had an up and down game, but he showed some flashes. Um, so, uh, you know, it's again what we've been talking about. And then, of course, you know, it's it's the kickers. Um, I think one thing we didn't talk about, you know, was the whole Kari Vedvik, uh, you know, shenanigans or scenario or whatever you want to call it, where the Vikings um, who – Everybody talks about the Bears having kicker woes. The Vikings have had kicker woes for years, and they just spent a fifth-round pick to pick up a guy who's never kicked in an NFL game. Um, you know, and it'd be interesting if the Bears had done that. You know, I, I I said that the narrative would be, oh, the Bears scrapped the kicker competition, admit that failure, and and waste a pick on a kicker that nobody's ever seen kick before because you know he had one good preseason game. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, it, 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 people can say, well, it means that they don't like either guy that they have now. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they've told us that they're going to keep looking for the best options. So if they think that there's a guy out there, um, they're going to look, you know, they're going to look, um, you know, and, and they're going to see if they can get him, um, you know. And so they don't have the waiver priority, so they can't necessarily wait and see who gets cut. Uh so we'll see. Um, I think Fry right now, it kind of looks like the guy, um, you know, but it, it, it's really uh, it's really up to what happens in these games. Um, and, you know, Meadowlands is no great place to kick either. So um, I, I'll be seeing I'll be watching that pretty closely. Uh, hopefully they can figure out some ways to get them some kicks. And, you know, I, I, I read an article about, you know, that Patrick Finley wrote, which is. You know, I think they've got to be a little frustrated that one guy has not really established himself at this point. Uh, they're both kind of neck and neck, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, someone's going to be the kicker for the Bears. And that person is probably going to be somebody that's never kicked in an NFL game before. So I don't care what happened in practice. I don't care what happened in the preseason. At some point, it's all going to be about what happens when the regular season starts, and and we could talk about it all we want, but 
at some point it's just going to be that, you know, and they could, they could, they could bring back Robbie. They could have brought back Robbie gold and Robbie gold could shank him in on September 5th, just like anybody else can. Um, it just is what it is. It's I, I, I'm sick of kickers. I hate kickers. I don't even want to talk about kickers. Like, <laughs> if, if, if they took out kickers completely from football and called it just ball, I'd be fine with it. Cause it's just like, it, it's, I'm tired of it. It, you know, it's, it's, it seems unfair that these guys, you know, uh, these, these amazing athletes get paid all this money. And then the fate of their entire football existence rests on the foot of some soccer player, you know, who, who barely even works out like, <laughs> you know, it's, it doesn't seem fair. So I don't know. That's the thing that, you know, unfortunately we got to watch is the damn kickers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Robbie Gold was was cut after the 2015 season. His actually in 2014 he only hit 75% of his kicks, but yet that's all we hear about. I think my this is my take on the kicker competition. Uh, I think that that both these guys have a 800 pound gorilla on their backs. And I, I got to tell you that when they go into the men's room, it probably takes them a half an hour to take a dump because their sphincter is so tight, it takes them 20 minutes to get it loosened up. And I just think that once a decision is made and a kicker is chosen, that kicker is going to feel a sense of relief and just be able to kick. And he's going to do well. So Bears fans, relax. Um I, I hate to use the uh, Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X, but uh, one thing we, we forget is, and we just talked about it a few minutes ago, if the Bears' offense is a lot better than it, what it was last year, we're, th- we're not going to come down to an overtime missed field goal. We're not going to come down to a double doink in the playoffs. The Bears' offense uh, hopefully will rid us of that problem and the kickers can just kick and, and be done with it. Uh, you mentioned the defensive back position, and I'm glad you did because, quite frankly, uh, I forgot about it when we were going over keys to, to this week's game. Uh, I want to see something out of Steven Denmark. He has been somewhat, somewhat of a disappointment. I think he's been a little nicked up in camp, but I want to see something from him. Uh, Duke Shelley, I want to see something out of him. There's been some talk where he's made a few decent plays uh, over the last few days. So Clifton Dunk didn't impress me uh, when he played against Carolina, so it'll be interesting to see if if he has a little bit of a comeback game. Then, of course, you got the the John Franklins and, and of course, Deion Bush. I don't know if we're going to see a lot of Deion Bush because he's been stellar, and they're going to need him on special teams too. So like you talked about earlier, getting these guys that are going to have key roles, not only as backups, but on special teams, you might want to keep them out of the lineup and keep them healthy. That about wraps it up for us. Uh, for this episode of Halitech Hall, I want to thank our sponsor, Tick Splits. Remember, uh, tell all your friends to follow us on Twitter at Halitech Hall. First time we get to 500 followers, we are going to be giving away two tickets to the Bears-Lions game on November 10th. And starting now, we are exclusive to our podcast. We're not going to post this uh, on Twitter at all on how to enter the contest for the Minnesota Vikings tickets. So you got to listen in. So if you know anybody that wants tickets, please spread the word. They have to listen to our podcast. And again, all you have to do is Email us at halitechhall at gmail.com on the subject line. Put uh, Bears tickets and then just reply with your full name and your Twitter handle. So when we have the drawing, we'll reach out to you on Twitter and by email to make sure you're eligible to go to that game. So thank you, ticksplits.com. And I would not be uh, complete without thanking my, my partner, my producer, my co-host, uh, restaurant manager par excellence, uh, Mr. Aaron. Uh, Aaron power, powered through this week's podcast 
while he's a little bit under the weather. So, Aaron, I can't thank you enough for uh, for manning up and doing a great job on today's podcast. Hey, you know, uh, got to get it done. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much, and thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, have a great day, and as always, bear down. Bear down.